Technology company layoffs over the past three months, along with economic uncertainty, has led many companies to slow their IT hiring. What does this mean for the rest of the year in the IT job market, and what are the hottest jobs in the space? We'll explore the latest numbers next up on Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. A new report by Janko Associates says the U.S. IT job market lost 13,700 jobs in the first quarter of 2023, compared to 51,000 jobs created in the first quarter of 2022. Layoffs from large companies such as Accenture, Microsoft, Meta, and Alphabet have created an impact on the overall IT job market. Joining me to discuss the latest job information and trends is Lucas Mirian. He is a senior writer at Computer World who covers the IT job space and a frequent guest on Today in Tech. Welcome back, Lucas. Good to be here. All right. So in, in addition to the Janko report, you also wrote something up uh, last week about uh, the, a report by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Each month they talk about sort of, uh, you know, the job market and uh, specifically tech jobs. So they're saying that um, uh employment in March slightly declined, but that the unemployment rate has basically remained unchanged. When you see the sort of the two reports, can you sort of indicate where we are in terms of the overall state of, of the job market, specifically in technology related jobs? Yeah, uh, in a word, outstanding. Um, there's a mismatch right now, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But unemployment in technology right now is at 2.2%. And so if you talk to experts about this, they will say to you, that is no unemployment. So basically, if you're not employed, you're not looking hard enough. Uh, the jobs are out there, 360,000 job openings. Um, we did have a loss in the number of job openings in the first, second, and third month of this year, but they increased according to Janko by 500 jobs. So it's the first time this year that we've had an increase in job openings. We had been losing them, but it's, it's still net positive. Yeah, uh, it's a good time to be in tech. Did, did did the reason that the job openings that there are fewer job openings was because maybe companies are taking them just off the market, and they're just they, they're not able to hire anybody, so they just sort of make it not available anymore or is that part of the whole tech layoffs thing and it's not just a tech layoff you're just not hiring for that unfilled position it's a combination so you probably heard of ghost postings yeah Uh, companies that leave job postings up they never actually hire for them uh they they get uh resumes in and they can actually look at those resumes for other, other possible job openings so they're kind of luring people in uh, or waiting for a time when they will hire. Right, right. Uh, that's. That, I don't think that's... Oh, hold on. Hold on for a second. I think we lost your audio. Okay. Is it back? Yeah, we're back. Okay. Uh, just start, okay. answer that question again in terms of um, the ghost posting. Oh, so uh, you've heard of ghost postings. They're basically job postings that never get filled. People yeah. put their resumes in, they apply for them. And I don't think that's a tremendous problem, but but what they're being used for by by companies, if if I can believe the reports, is that uh, these companies will post a job for a technology position. They won't hire for it, but it draws in other resumes that they can look at for other possible matches. And when they're ready to hire, they have a pool of resumes from which they can choose. Yeah, that that seems. That, I don't think. Yeah, that seems frustrating yeah. on the end of someone who's trying to apply for a job. If you know, I remember there was there's been a few times where I've been unemployed, and you go and you'll find all of these jobs through Indeed or you know all these other different sites, and you apply for it thinking that it's a legitimate position, and then it's either 
they're just they just don't respond or they just don't get back to you and that's always been frustrating um yeah yeah you know i've also heard that like some of those companies are afraid to sort of take these job positions down because they don't want companies or candidates to think that they're you know sort of reducing their their employment base yeah, there's still uh, a bit of FOMO going out there, fear of missing out. And uh, the, the problem, the, what we're seeing, and we talked about this before, is an, a readjustment. It's an adjustment from what happened during the pandemic. Companies were hiring like crazy. And not we're not just talking technology positions, all sorts of positions yeah. in marketing and, and human resources and advertising, because they were concerned. Uh, for one, you have a bunch of people now working remotely or hybrid. So you have technologies that have to be employed for that. Uh, the economy was actually booming and continues to boom uh, now. And so they're, they're, they're overhired and now they're correcting. Now they're letting go uh, of a lot of the people that they overhired with. But it's not mainly technology positions. Every single time I talk to these uh, industry observers, they say the same thing. They're not really firing the tech workers for the most part. I mean, some tech workers, obviously. Yeah. But when you talk about the Amazons and the Googles and the Walmarts and all that, the, the majority of the firings are not in technology. They're in in the business end of the house. Yeah. In your, in even, your, though, even if it's. Yeah. Well, in your in your latest uh, uh, re- uh, article that you wrote on Computer World, uh, Chris, can you bring that one up? The one that's um, down in Q1 US IT job market. Yeah. And so if you, uh, the, there's a part where you talk about the different types of job roles uh, in, you know, and you're, you're seeing that job cuts include uh, data center oper- operations, administrative human resources roles re- related to recu- recruiting and DEI. But then you also talk about some of the hotter jobs that are still there. And I'd see if I can pull this up. Oh yeah. The highest demand continues to be in security programming, blockchain processing. So it, it does sound like the, the, the higher tech, high tech jobs uh, are still pretty available. Yeah, let me put a big question mark after blockchain processing okay. because I, I'm not so sure that one's there. But yeah, definitely cloud security, uh, uh, software engineering, um, uh, data analysis. Uh, that's the, those are big areas right now. Uh, artificial intelligence. Right. I was going to bring that up too. Big yeah. upticks in those. Yeah, um, yeah, blockchain. Eh, you know, we'll see where that's going. But um, yeah, these companies. So what's happening is you're having a shift right now. And a lot of the more typical jobs are being automated, automated out. And some of that's going to be due to artificial intelligence. And some of some of it is just due to the fact that they're able to uh, automate a lot of the functions even without artificial intelligence. Right. But that doesn't mean as happened during the Industrial Revolution. Um, yeah, you lost a lot of jobs, but it also created a lot of jobs. And uh, you, I think you're going to see the same thing now. The other thing that we've talked about uh, offline is the fact that a lot of these folks getting let go by technology companies are now being reabsorbed into non-tech companies. Right. So te- non-tech companies that couldn't get these folks are enjoying the fact that they now have a pool of high, highly talented workers that they can hire. Yeah, I think when we talked, we, you know, we had you and, and Ken Mingus on in January. I'm, I'm, in fact, I don't even know if we published this, but I, I remember we were making some predictions and you were you were telling me, at least on one of your previous episode uh, appearances here, was that uh, they would be moving towards those non-tech jobs. Even though you always say that like every, every company is now a tech company, um, 
you know, I, I, I sort of agree with that, but there are companies that where their main role is not to produce tech, but just use technology. Um, but there was a report in the Wall Street Journal uh, this week as well. Uh, Chris, if you want to bring that one up, the as tech jobs disappear. Yeah. So this was a fascinating article where they they found a lot of people that basically, you know, were, were in Silicon Valley. They were working for all these large tech companies um, are suddenly now moving towards these non-tech companies. And as I was reading this, I go, man, Lucas was right. So I think you should take a little victory <laughs> lap here because, you know, you would call this about three months ago. Um, the interesting yeah. part about this story is that they're also finding that it doesn't pay as well as maybe the Silicon Valley sort of jobs did. But, you know, at, at some point, maybe a job is a job or these tech companies are overpaying for a lot of the talent do you get a sense of 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 what you know is going on in that space so i yeah just anecdotally yeah. uh numbers also but anecdotally i'm seeing a lot of people are, are going to startups yeah it's fun it's fun to be in a startup it's fun to to work day in day out knowing that you're creating something new that you're working in a new company a new environment it's exciting you're expanding your tent um so I'm seeing a lot of people do that. And it's it's also exciting going into a company and being prized for your knowledge as opposed to being surrounded by you know hundreds or thousands of other people who have a lot of the same skills. Um, you become sort of a, a star. And uh, I think people are enjoying that. So yeah, you may take a pay cut, but over time, as the company does better, especially with the startup, you're going to grow. Your pay is going to grow with that company. And I think people are also reassessing their values. Um, we, we saw that with hybrid work, but they're also uh, reassessing what they really want out of their careers. Yeah. They're going into fields that they, they find exciting, like artificial intelligence, like DEI, uh, like, uh, let's say, uh, sustainability. So working for, toward toward uh, uh, green initiatives with a company, for right. example. Right. They're go yeah. They're going to things they can be passionate about. Well, did you also, I don't know if you saw this report or not, but there was a, some people on, uh, and again, this is, they were they pointed they were pointed out in TikTok, but uh, there was a report about a bunch of big tech companies that were basically hoarding the tech workers. Like they were hiring recruiters. This was especially there was this one lady who was working for Meta slash Facebook uh, was hired at a salary of like one hundred ninety thousand dollars basically told to be a recruiter. She showed up and was basically told, don't worry about it. You don't have to hire someone for about a year. And so it's like they, they were almost hiring these people just to sort of say that they have people. But then once she got into the office, she was just in meetings and meetings and meetings where nothing ever got done. And like, I, you know, that's the, always the joke about a lot of these large corporations is that they tend to sort of collect workers. And so, you know, and eventually, yeah, they probably spotted the fact that there was a lot of people that they had that weren't really producing a lot of work. I, you know, A, you can hire me for $190,000. And if, if you don't want me to do anything, I'll certainly find ways to try to keep myself busy. But I, I, from from an internal standpoint, I like doing things. I like creating content. I like kind of this stuff. This is what I do. Uh, like, would, did you see any of those those reports or, or are you not surprised? Or are you surprised that, that this came out now? No, I think, like I was saying before, I think it was the fear of missing out. A lot of these companies saw when people went remote, yeah. you had to secure those networks. You had to bring up virtual, uh, you know, your virtual systems, so virtual desktops. Uh, you, you, you know, you were, you, you had to uh, expand your broadband capabilities, your, your internal network. You more, more companies began using the cloud. Um, so there were all sorts of issues that came out of that. 
And at the same time, you were in the middle of a lot of companies uh, digitizing what had been formerly brick and mortar mm -hmm. and now going completely online, 100% online. So you had all these projects going on. They got slammed by the pandemic. And now they're concerned, oh, man, you know, as we're going, as we're looking down the road, we're going to need all these workers. And yeah, so they, they went crazy and hired a lot more than they needed. That's okay. been the general consensus. Do you think that we're sort of at the bottom now, uh, like we've hit rock bottom in terms of layoffs and or, you know, do you anticipate that we, we still may see some? There's still a lot of economic uncertainty around. There's certainly economic reports that might indicate that we might still not be out of the woods yet. Do you get a sense from the people that you talk to in the in the job market space that is this the level or are we going to see a bounce back? Or are we going to just sort of be flat for a while? What do they tell? What are people telling you? Uh, there's going to continue to be layoffs, but they're not going to be exacerbated by circumstances. They're, they're going to there's going to continue to be market correction, uh, but I don't think we're going to see a tremendous uptick in layoffs unless something comes along like a recession, and that's what people have been screaming about for you know two years now uh, that there's a recession just ahead of us. I, I don't think that there is. It's interesting. I was talking to an IDC analyst the other day, a really smart guy. And uh, he was talking about the Fed and the interest rate increases that have been happening. Yeah. And he's saying that's not the solution to the problem. You know, this is cyclical. It's yeah. going to correct itself. He literally said the wheels are going to fall off that bus and the Fed's going to realize it's not about raising interest rates. This would have corrected itself anyways. And it is. So I think that, the again, I think the economy is still strong. There are areas that need to be corrected uh, where it can grow. As you know, of course, we're concerned about the supply chain issue, especially when it comes to technology. Yeah. And the government is working on correcting that with the CHIPS Act, trying to bring chips manufacturing, uh, semiconductor manufacturing back to the United States. Um, and there's also questions about how long that could take and whether chips goes far enough. But there are several large chip producers that are now opening up massive uh, fabrication plants around the United States. So. I think the economy is still really strong. I think you're still going to see some layoffs. They're more corrective than anything else. But as far as IT jobs, this is another really cool. I want to bring this up because I was talking to Manpower Group the other day. They're yeah. one of the largest staffing firms in the world. And the folks over there were talking about the fact there's a mismatch. So you've got you know, hundreds of thousands of open IT positions. Right. And yet people are putting their resume out, resumes out and they're not, you know, people aren't, they aren't jumping through the hoop to get them. And he said, the problem is that companies do need these IT workers, but they don't always have the exact skills that they want. And I'm not, it's not necessarily that they need to be a skilled database uh, in, in, in a particular database or mm -hmm. in a particular software platform. That's not what they're looking there. They're looking for more IT generalists. So they're looking for people who know how to code, but aren't stuck in one place of coding capability. Uh, IT managers, project managers, that sort of thing, cloud experts, security experts, but not just in you know one particular platform. And they want people that are multi-skilled. They want people who are also, this is gonna sound corny, but they know that this is extremely valuable. They want them with soft skills. Yeah. So they want people who can work as a team. There's no I in team, that sort of thing. But it's it's a reality. They want people who can work with other people who are good with working uh, with others for projects. They want people who, are, who you can get along with, who have a passion for what they do, who want to learn. And you talk to every every single 
vendor that I've talked to that's hiring right now, they're saying the exact same thing over and over. What sort of questions do you ask them? I ask them, what have you learned in the past couple of weeks? It's one of the questions they're asking yeah. these applicants. Do you what have you learned? Well, you know what? But, well, do, ahead, do, you get a, do you get a sense that this, this has shifted recently? Is, is this, uh, you know, within the last year or two that, that, that yes. this attitude, like, did it always used to be that you were, you were more valuable if you had a specific IT skill knowledge uh, versus sort of this IT generalist? And maybe down, also then the second question would be, do you, you know, were these IT applicants playing down their soft skills or maybe they didn't have the soft, I mean, I don't know. Putting a resume that I have soft skills, you know, it's, it, it seems counterproductive. But now you're seeing, like, when did this shift? Is this be, as a result of the pandemic and all of that? Or is it, is, was this always going to be happening anyway? I think it's a combination, but mostly it was going to be happening anyways. I think companies are starting to realize that, that this is what they need. Um, Skills-based hiring has been the shift over the past year to the past one to two years. <laughs> That's what we're seeing. Skills-based hiring. So, for example... I'm just going to come up, bring up my conversation with the Manpower Group executive. Um, So his his suggestion to people who are going out there looking for their perfect job is not to shotgun the market with a hundred resumes. Find the job you really want, the one, two, three, four, five jobs that you really want. Look at the skills they're looking for. Creative, you know, take a piece of paper or whatever, use a, uh, a spreadsheet. And on the left-hand side, put the skills that are required for that job. And on the right-hand side, put the skills that you have. Mm -hmm. Now, the cool thing is this. Whatever you're missing, go to YouTube and learn it. Go to Coursera and learn it. Go somewhere where you can learn it for free because it's out there on the Internet now. You can learn a lot of these skills for free. And then you've got a story on top of the skills that are required for that job. So let's say part of the job is Photoshop. You have to learn Photoshop. And the guy asks you, how did you learn Photoshop? You say, you know what? I went out there and I learned it on my own and I created a web page and I used Photoshop to embed all these photos on, that, and right. on my new web page. Right. That's going to impress them a heck of a lot more than I have a certificate in this or I have a computer science degree from this college. Yeah. It's there. In fact, a lot of organizations, including organizations like IBM, are removing college degree requirements from their job postings. They want to know what skills you have and what kind of a person you are in terms of passion for that that uh, field and your uh, you know ability to learn and how you learn. Are you somebody who learns uh, th- uh, visibly through through visual learning? Are you somebody who learns through reading, uh, through through in person instruction? They want to know that because these are the things they're going to use to train you and to keep you in that organization. Yeah, it's it, what's what's interesting to me on the soft skills side of things too is that typically, I mean, there are there are all sorts of types of people that work in IT, but there there always was sort of a IT archetype. I don't want to say stereotype, but sort of an archetype of, um, in typically, you know, engineers and designers and programmers, they they are less sort of extroverted and they're a lot more analytical, trying to you know think of like you know the the guys from the Big Bang Theory, for example. They are you know generally. Um, not not sort of like the life of the party and so now you've got to get them in a group setting it almost feels like there needs to be sort of some it job coaching roles out there to try to get people to understand about how to work together on a team and how to be more collaborative because there are tons of people in like the marketing group that know how to do that 
you know, and the some of those other roles. But IT always was like, you know, ones and zeros, man, ones and zeros. Like there's no in between, you know, and you're like, well, you know, you got to think about feelings and, and emotions and things like that. And, and, you know, they probably just eye, roll their eyes when they hear that. But you're saying you're saying now that the, those types of skills are going to be valuable in the future, right? They are valuable, but let's say you are an introvert and it's something that you're always going to be. Okay. So I know a lot of these introverts are also extremely creative. There's another soft skill. Yep. And it's a hugely, it's a, it's hugely in demand creativity. I mean, that's how you grow a company through creativity. Um, that's how you, that's how you get new products through creativity. Right. So they're going to ask you, what's the last thing you did that you found, you found creative? What was, what creative project were you on that you accomplished? Those are the kinds of questions they're going to ask these days. So those are the kind of those are soft skill questions they're going to ask. Have an answer. And as this guy told me, he said, have a story. What's your story? How did you learn this skill? You know, what did you love about doing this? Right. What project did you complete that you're proud of? That sort of thing. Yeah. Now, now, Lucas, you also cover sort of AI for computer world. I've seen a bunch of articles that um, you've you've covered on ChatGPT and some of these new generative AI tools. Uh, especially in the hiring space, the the first thing I would want to use ChatGPT for would be to write the cover letter for any job that I was applying for because yeah. writing a cover letter is the most annoying and irritating sort of aspects of of trying to apply for a job when I, when I was out there looking for, for work a couple of times that, you know, I, I was unemployed. Um, there were, there were computer systems that were being used in hiring. So there was an AI or a, or a software program that would scan the resume for certain keywords. And I was told during some of my job searches, like make sure you read the job description and make sure you have the same keywords that they're using in the job description in your resume. Um, but then you also had to do it in the cover letter. So I would have, you know, if ChatGPT was around then, I would certainly use that. But then you see stories about companies that are trying to crack down on that. And then you wrote a story about um, legislation that sort of wants to rein in the use of AI. Can you talk about, can you expand on that a little bit? Like, um, is it just that they don't, you know, companies that are using it aren't using it correctly? Or like, why is there now legislation being considered in this space? Well, uh, as you may or may not know, Italy banned ChatGPT altogether. And that was because a lot of, yeah, uh, private uh information was getting out there because of it um and the the problem is multifaceted on one hand you have um you know people who are concerned uh with chat gbt basically stealing other people's work and and giving it to you handing it to you without any source um so that's that's something that needs to be built into the algorithm uh, that it identifies where it got this information mm-hmm. because otherwise you could just be copying something and plagiarizing somebody else's work. Then you have the issue with companies internally using a chatbot engine and it might, and they have to populate that. So you have these uh, large um, language models and these companies want to basically make them unique for their data. So when you're going on to a company to say search for information about a product, you obviously need that product information in that pool uh, of information within the large learning model. And sometimes private information can get into that okay. pool of information. And that can be, that's another problem that they've identified yeah. is it can expose this 
you know, personally identifiable information. Well, what about, um, what about the use of it in, in sort of like a, this cover letter example I gave you? Do you say, do you have a problem with that? If there was a, someone looking for a job to sort of utilize that to write a cover letter or, or at least yeah. give, give you the outline and then kind of reword it in your own words, so to speak. Yeah. So it's an assistant and yeah. that's all it is, yeah. but it's a great, it, it can take care of a lot of the legwork, which is what I would use it for. If I was going to write a, a resume or a yeah. cover letter, I, I might use it to start with. It's a baseline. And then you go through and you tweak it. You make sure that the information in there is correct. Um, you put some color and personality into it. Uh, you know, that's where that's what the experts are telling me. Look, it's fine to use this as a baseline, as, a, as an assistant. Yeah. But you don't want to allow this to create something and then just hand it off as if you it's yours. You want to make it yours. You want to make sure that the information is accurate. Right. Uh, and, and really speaks to you. To your skills. Yeah, I have, a, I have a friend on Facebook. I'm not going to identify who it is, but he basically admitted that he was uh, he had to do a performance review or a self evaluation for a performance review, and he hated writing all of these things up. So he's like, we I just all do. I just used he goes I just used ChatGPT and 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 filled it out, and and you know no one was the wiser. I was like, oh okay, I've, that you know. You know, it's I've funny because as 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 a that. yeah, as a content creator, you have to sort of show your your uh, creativity and your imagination in everything that you write. So it's yeah. it you know what I found from ChatGPT is that it gives you the sort of the most bland, generic sort of answers, and there's nothing there's nothing ever really exciting that this thing comes up with. It's always like, you know, you're talking to uh, a, a corporate person all the time, so. It's a foundation on which you can build. You know, that's how you have to look yeah. at it. And that's how these companies look at it, too. Even when it's being used internally, you've got to have a human buffer between the large language model and what's generating this this data and information and what you're allowing to get out there. I mean, some a pair of eyes have got to be on this right now. Yeah. A lot of it's very manual, too. you got to remember, this is still very nascent technology. And even the companies oh, like OpenAI, they're using human eyes to look at what's being generated. So they, I think they actually hired a company out of, um, I think, Kenya, I'm going to mm -hmm. say. I can't remember. This terrible piece in a magazine about it. These people were looking at the, this horrible information that their their chatbot was generating. Uh, and their, their job was to scan this and identify it and say hey you know this this is the stuff we need to pull out of the large language model right in order to make sure the public doesn't see it but it was generating some really horrible things and um and but and they were using these two dollar an hour workers in kenya to um to check it uh, and it's an example of, of how it's still not there it's getting there and it's gonna and there here's the other problem because as generative ai becomes more and more intelligent it's eventually going to be somewhat, you know, it's its own, it's going to become, well, let's just say it's going to become like hell. <laughs> you know, it's going to start thinking. Well, for okay. I, yeah. So now, yeah, we've, we've done a couple of episodes about this yeah. singularity idea and the, whether it's going to attain consciousness. I think most people are thinking yeah. not, not quite yet, but you know, let's be aware of it in case right. it does. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are, are already uh, assuming that chat GPT-5 is, or, or GPT-5, yeah. I'm sorry, is, is going to reach that level of, um, of singularity, as you say. Yeah. So, well, we still got yeah. a few more months. <laughs> before that yeah. happens. <laughs> before, yeah. Before, uh, yeah. I'm before already stocking up. We're not, 
I've I've got my emergency water that I'm that I'm stockpiling, right. so I, you know we'll be we'll be fine. Uh, right. Just to circle back on sort of the 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 jobs thing uh, again, you know. Oh, uh, there's one other sort of bit of bad news that I think we should bring up too is that salaries have have are not going to be as high as or the increase around salaries is not going to be as high as once predicted, yeah. right? Like what what are some yeah. of the numbers there that you're seeing? Three to four percent uh, on average. So yeah. not you know on average uh, this throughout this year, uh, and it was predicted to be seven to eight percent previously. Yeah. Um, so they're less than less than they expected. Now this is according to Janko. Those are Janko's numbers. Okay. It's it's one firm's numbers, but uh, I, I I think that I have to agree with it, and I think a lot of that is coming out of the economic uncertainty. So corporations, organizations are still not a hundred percent in on uh, whether the economy is going in the right direction. They're still concerned. They might. There's a lot of geopolitical things happening right mm-hmm. now, as you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we've got China threatening Taiwan. Yeah. Uh, America threatening China. Um, the war in the Ukraine. Uh, there's a lot of issues right now, and so companies are hedging their bets. They're being careful. Okay. And so, yeah, I mean, now, do you cover the sort of like the IT project space and those budgets, or is that a different part of sort of the the, the computer world brand? Yeah, no, I, I don't. I be honest, I don't cover it. Yeah, I'm cu- I, I can't remember if projects are are being flatlined as well. But um, there's probably some of the, for those CIO people. Go to the CIO channel and watch some of those 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 videos. Uh, all right, and what what else are you excited about for the rest of the year? Anything anything kind of pop up to mind just to, to stay on top of? I you know what I'm I I think I'm just a positive person in yeah. general and uh, and yeah I'm I'm always thinking that uh, IT is such an exciting space to be in there's always something new even as a writer I mean I used to write for mainstream pub uh, newspapers yeah and uh, and it, I found it so much more exciting when I came over to the technology side of the B two B publications because. I, I never stay on one technology for very long. I'm always shifting from one thing to the other. And even in the technology that I cover, like say I'm covering AI, that's constantly changing. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I think uh, I think we're on a we're on a positive trend right now. Um, I think companies are recognizing the value of a lot of these technologies, like artificial intelligence, like cloud. Uh, and and yeah, I think. I, I'm upbeat about the prospects over the next few years. All right. It's always good to have a tech optimist on staff, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for joining us as always, Lucas. Uh, uh, you know, you're always welcome on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel and add any comments you have below. Join us every week for new episodes of today in tech. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.